Hello and welcome to the revamped version of episode one. My name is Veronica Giamanco and for those of you who are new here, I really don't know how to describe what it is that I do <laughs> because I dabble in a little bit of everything and so some of the, just the key words that I'll use to describe myself are that I am a spiritual business coach. I am an astrologer. I read birth charts. I am an energy healer. I am a Reiki master. I am an Akashic master healer. And um, yeah, I do a lot. I don't, I'm sure there's a couple of things that I miss, but that's okay. We'll get into it later. I actually had launched this podcast, I believe back in May of 2023, which is it's still this year. But um, I had taken a break come July, decided that I just wanted to take a, you know, step back. And I did. And I started playing with the idea of coming back because those of you who follow me on Instagram loved the podcast so much. You kept asking when it was coming back. And I decided that it was time. But with coming back, I realized I have made so many changes I have released so many old versions of myself. I am definitely not the same person that I was when I first launched this podcast. I am not even the same person that I was when uh, I look back even a week ago. Like I've experienced so many changes. So I decided that, you know, even the ideas and, and my initial goals for the podcast the first time around didn't align with me anymore. So I decided that it was best to archive the previous episodes and just allow for this to come through the way that it needed to come through. And I didn't want to put any pressure on myself. I didn't want it to be perfect and have this thing perfectly scripted because honestly, I prefer to just allow whatever wants to channel through me um, to come through. And you know, if you're here, it's because there's a message that maybe you're meant to listen to that will help you. And um, that's why I decided to do this. So I appreciate every single one of you who are here supporting me and listening. And um, to those of you who have been here from the very beginning, I just I love every single one of you. And I am just so grateful every single day of my life for truly meeting my soul family. Um, everybody knows that's kind of what I refer to uh, this whole little thing that we have going on as is the soul family. But, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I stay true to myself. And um, I also want to just throw this out there too for you guys. This is not going to be the podcast that you want to listen to on the way to school with your children (laughs) because I am all over the place. Um, yeah, I use a lot of bad words and, um, I tend to be really sexual in nature. So sometimes certain things just kind of, just kind of slip out and I don't want to say anything that offends anyone. So, um, I'm just giving you a heads up that if that's not your thing, you're going to want to, you're going to want to exit now. And I'm not saying it's always going to be like that, but just in case it happens, I am just giving you a warning. Okay. Um, but, uh, I appreciate everyone's patience with me because everybody knows or everybody Everybody who has been with me from the very beginning knows I am very intentional with my words. I will take pauses when I need to just to make sure that um, I am being intentional and 
channeling things the way that they are meant to come out. So sometimes I'll just take a couple of um, moments to stop in between and, uh, you know, just make sure that I'm saying what I want to say. And, um, you know, I'm one of those who likes to practice really thinking before I speak. So I appreciate everyone. But I just want to kind of take it down a couple of notches. Allow for all of us to ground our energy. So just if you can, if you are able to just, you know, focus in, close your eyes. Obviously, if you are driving, please do not do this. But take in the wonderful vibration that I will be sending every single one of you. So just taking a couple of deep breaths in and out. Thank you, universe. Thank you, source energy. Thank you, the creator. Thank you, God. However it resonates for you, plug in the words that work best for you. I am grateful to be here collectively with all of these amazing people who have been here to support me, who are continuing to support me. I ask that you please shine down a beautiful light full of protection, full of love, full of renewed energy, and sending us the love that we need Sending us the healing that we need and allowing for our bodies to take it and place it wherever we all individually need it the most. All right, so let's do this. All right, so I hope that helped calm some of the energy going on, (laughs) but I am just trying to figure out where I want to start. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about myself and get into my spiritual experiences that I know everyone is just dying to hear. So I am, for those of you who love astrology, I am a Taurus sun with a Virgo moon and my ascending sign is also in Virgo. I was born May 18th of 1994 at exactly 2.22 p.m. So uh, currently I am 29 years old. I'll be 30 May 2024. Where the fuck does time go? (laughs) But, uh, you know, just I've lived a very crazy life, truly. Um... I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, for those of you who are familiar with Southern California, and I have always just felt really out of place, to be completely honest. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, I knew I was special, and I knew I was just this bright light and this bright gift to the world, because it was never like that. I actually always felt super awkward in my own body just always felt out of place, always just felt as if I didn't belong. And I can remember being really young and easily tapping into the energy of those around me. And I think that's also because many of us who live traumatic childhoods or we grow up witnessing certain types of abuse, it's almost like our defense mechanism is to be able to tap deeply into the emotions of other us, uh, others around us in order for us to be on high alert, in order for us to kind of see it when it's coming, um, in order for us to really protect our energy. 
So, you know, I didn't have the best upbringing, but I really, I won't get too deep into that um, just because, you know, there's a lot of crazies from my past. And first of all, I don't want anybody coming back trying to sue me over some dumb shit. But, um, you know, just I'm trying to definitely keep it positive. At the same time, I am not going to sit here and uh, pretend that I had, you know, the best upbringing, right? Um, I want to keep it true to my story and what is my story and not tell the stories of others. Um, But I did grow up in a pretty broken home, very broken family, a lot of generational curses that um, existed within the uh, family line that I think I've done an excellent fucking job of breaking. But uh, yeah, from what I can remember is just having really early experiences of just feeling like I always felt like I lived in this world of imagination is the best way to put it. Like I had a crazy imagination. I just remember always being a loner and always just feeling like there were things around me that I couldn't necessarily explain which I know now as energy which I know now as spirit spirit has always guided me I can remember hearing the guidance as early as like between the ages of like seven and eight um you know growing up we lived in an apartment building and I always remembered very vividly like there was an apartment right next door to us that was frequently vacant like they couldn't keep anyone in there for the life of them And I remember every time this particular apartment, this unit would be vacant. We, I mean, and I say we because I'm not the only spiritually in tune person in my family, but um, I can just remember very vividly, like hearing things from the next door, like hearing footsteps, hearing people laugh, hearing things going on that would not be going on because clearly nobody lived there. And that's honestly where I remember it the most. Like I remember it starting out that way. And I can remember like laying up against my window at night when I would be ready for bed. And I would hear like I would literally hear like as if somebody was running up and down the stairs because we lived on the second floor. And um, our apartment wasn't enclosed or anything. It was like out in the open. So like the staircase was just like out on the outside. Um, And my bedroom window faced it. And that was crazy. I'm sorry. I just had a moment of thinking back, but it was just crazy to think like, you know, I remember hearing these things and I'd be looking out the window waiting to see someone and no one was ever there. Um, but fast forwarding to maybe like the ages of eight or 10 is when I had the first major, major, major experience. And, um, I always look at this as like, this was my first interaction with actually seeing a spirit. Um, mind you, I did not know what this was until up until recently that I saw someone who is a spiritual practitioner who broke it down for me. But between those ages, I had actually seen and had a run in with the angel of death. I remember being dead asleep on the couch in our living room at the time and something awoke me out of a really deep sleep and I remember just kind of feeling like I wanted to turn around but I kind of had this like really weird sense of fear and I turned around anyways and I look up and all of a sudden there's this big black shadowy figure just staring back at me and I remember just being like what am I looking at? Like, is this real? Am I dreaming? Because it was pretty scary in the moment, especially for someone as young as I was at the time. 
I don't know how I wasn't crying or anything. I think I was just so out of it, assuming that I was half asleep and dreaming. But this thing was scary. It was like, I remember, I remember specifically that he was so tall that it seemed like he, his feet were like literally from like the floor to the ceiling. And (laughs) for those of you who grew up watching WWE like I did, I mean, for anyone who's familiar with The Undertaker, like that is exactly how I will describe what I had seen. Um, For anyone who remembers The Undertaker's intro when he would like come out, right? And like the lights would be dimmed and he had like the long black trench coat with the hat It was really weird and that's exactly what I remember seeing and I'm even getting chills now thinking about it and telling the story again because it's like every time I close my eyes I can remember just seeing this shadow figure as if it's still right here in front of me now and it still gives me chills till this day. And I remembered seeing like this bright glittery light behind him and the reason that I remember even hyper focusing on that was because when I looked in his face his face was like the face of a skeleton. Like he had no eyes. Like it was just, it was like a skeleton. And I had remembered seeing the, the lighting behind his eyes. And I remember being like, Oh, that's interesting. Like the white light, it's like glittery, like behind his eyes. He's like this black shadow figure who, I mean, looks like the undertaker or Jeepers Creepers, however you want to put it. He had like this long black trench coat with the hat and um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. And I remember he was just looking back at me. He wasn't saying anything. He wasn't moving. He was just looking at me. And I remember just being like, okay, I don't know what the hell this is. I need to just turn around because this is scaring me. And I remember throwing the blanket over my head and I turned back around, faced the uh, wall fell asleep, woke up the next morning, didn't really remember much other than like bits and pieces of being like, what the hell did I see last night? Like, I just think I was dreaming. I didn't say anything at first because again, I just was assuming that it was a bad dream. A couple of weeks later, I hear my sister talking to my mom in the kitchen and my sister is crying and she's pretty upset and she starts telling my mom about this black shadow figure that she had seen in her bedroom and what she had described was similar to like um an episode of uh, sleep paralysis where she had mentioned like she was she felt like she was awake but that she couldn't move like her body was frozen and she tried to scream and she couldn't And what I remember vividly is her telling my mom that this shadow figure was dragging her around the room and she was scared and she was trying to scream and she couldn't. And she's crying as she's talking to my mom about this. Well, then my mom jumps in and my mom is like, did he look like this and this? And my sister's like, yeah, and he had this and this. And then I'm realizing that whatever it is they're describing is exactly what I saw. And like the flashes came back to me immediately. And I remember like running right in there and I was like, did he have a black hat on? And the both of them just looked at me and they were like, yes, oh my God, you saw it too. At that point, then I started crying because I was like, holy shit, whatever the fuck that was in the corner of the room that night was real and he was staring at me. And now I have my mom and my sister saying that they saw it and it was just, it was a lot to handle for me at that moment. And you know, we all were just kind of sharing information about what we had seen. And and all three of us agree that whatever it was that we had seen, it was the same thing. 
well, um, then my mom was actually really good friends with the neighbor who lived downstairs and she lived downstairs right below the apartment that I mentioned that was always vacant. That was right next door to us. Well, during this time, there was actually a family living next door and there was an older woman in there who uh, liked to gossip around a lot. And so she starts gossiping to the downstairs neighbor about how my mom is sneaking this man in every morning at four o'clock in the morning. And so obviously the downstairs neighbor being a close friend of my mother's starts telling my mom like, hey, this lady up here is saying that you're sneaking a man in every single morning. Like what's going on? And my mom was like, what is she even talking about? And my mom was like trying to like figure out like, what is this lady seeing? Because uh, at the time, my sister's husband who was living there, um, he wouldn't even leave for work until six o'clock in the morning. So like the timing was off. It just didn't make sense. So my mom had kind of relied this information of like, maybe she's seeing uh, my son-in-law leave, but he doesn't leave until six. So anyways, long story short neighbors go back and forth with each other again and the lady is persistent that there's somebody coming in every night and so she was telling uh the neighbor like yeah like I see him walk right past like I see his shadow walk up the stairs right past my windows every morning and right through their door she's letting him in And so my mom was like, oh my God, whatever this shadow thing is, it's literally walking right through the front door every morning. So at this point, my mom was like waiting for it. My mom was like, I'm just waiting to catch him again. And I'm going to, I'm going to rebuke him and I'm going to make sure he never comes back. So I remember like my mom going to the local church and picking up holy water and she starts doing cleanses on the apartment every night. And well, a couple of weeks later, this shadow figure shows up and my mom happens to wake up and catches him there. And uh, I remember this because I was actually half asleep right next to her. Because after that, I was so freaked out by this whole thing. Like, you know, I just, I couldn't sleep. I was scared. I was crying every single night that I did not want to go to bed. And so I was like, latched onto my mom and I remember my mom getting up one day in the middle of the night and I can just hear her saying you don't belong here you need to go and you don't come back and I remember her like literally getting up and yelling at the wall and I'm at this point I'm scared and I have the blanket over my head and uh I remember my mom saying like he literally just looked at her walked right out the front door (laughs) My mom had never seen anything like that before. She'd literally just seen the shadow figure go from one side of the wall to the other just and, and walked right out the door. And from there, he never came back. Uh, there was no mention of this, but it was just something that was seen by us three and we never forgot about it. And years later, I had started talking to this... Um, Well, like I said, years later, but actually just recently, within the last year or two, I started speaking to a practitioner who was, you know, in conversation with me. And I started telling her about this whole situation. And then she says to me, you understand that that was the angel of death, right? And I'm like, what? No, like, I didn't know that at the time. And I didn't know that for many years. And for, you know, a long time, I had always wondered, like, what was that? And... It was just something that came full circle for me because it had made sense as to why I would see the angel of death so young. And I mean, intuitively, what I had felt were a couple of different things. And I know a lot of people associate 
that particular entity with being of, you know, a representation of death or, you know, them coming for you in terms of like it being your time. Me seeing that so young, I think, was just because of the fact that one, I was very in tune already spiritually. And I realized that it was probably just more so for me seeing it was like a warning to what the years ahead of me would look like because I did have a really hard childhood. It was really rough into my teenage years. I mean, I had a even a rough start into adulthood, to be completely honest with you. And um, I always look at this now as, okay, that was my warning. And it was my warning to just be aware that this journey was not going to be the easiest. So you know, fast forward to the age of around 17 years old, I start going through a major spiritual awakening. I did not know what was going on. I just knew that I felt like I was going crazy. I had a mother who was extremely devoted to the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is uh, an organization that has heavily demonized, um, you know, psychics and a lot of spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual aspects to what I do now. And so my mom was like not having any of it. She was not happy with the fact that I started talking about like wanting to see psychics and wanting to tap into this whole intuitive thing. And even though she was extremely intuitive herself, it wasn't something that she was ever called to do. So um, I just knew it was always going to be for me. And so age 17 comes around. We're going through a lot of personal shifts in the household. And at this point in time, I start experiencing a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and I just was realizing like how tapped in I was to everyone and how I was just like receiving information and at the time I didn't realize that I was actually actively channeling but it was scary for me and I at that point just felt really alone. I mean the few friends that I did have like I couldn't talk to them about this stuff because they didn't understand it. So, you know, I had already felt the shifts of that awakening around the age of 17, which is extremely young. But because I had lived such a, you know, crazy uh, childhood and teenage years, it was I, it was something that looking back, like I'm not surprised that it would happen that young because at that point I had already lived a lot of life and a lot of experiences. And I knew that spirit was just trying to call me in as early as they could. So um, I turn 18. I get a job. I get a job working at a mortgage company. And I start making money. And mind you, it wasn't a lot of money. At the time, I was making $11 an hour. And this was 2012. And I remember just, you know, I made my money and I decided one day that I really just wanted to try and see what it would be like to get a psychic reading. And um, I get my first reading with this man. He used to be, for anybody who's local, (laughs) he used to be on the corner of Balboa Boulevard and Chatsworth Street in Granada Hills. He had his little psychic shop. 
And I remember just walking in there one day and he happened to be sitting there and I was like, hey, like I'm really interested. He reads me and everything resonated. And I remember him charging. I remember he charged me exactly $45 for a 30 minute reading. And he it was a tarot reading and a psychic reading. And everything he said was exactly what I had been going through. And in that moment, I felt so seen. I felt like the world just came full circle. And this man just knew me. And he was going to help me. Boy, was I stupid. Um, (laughs) I'll get into that later. But anyways, yeah, I just felt really good in that moment. And I remember coming home and telling my mom, like, hey, like I had a psychic reading and this is what he told me. And this is my calling. And I remember she was not like really pleased with that. And I remember her just like telling me, like, you need to be careful. Like, I don't want you getting into all this. This is not good. And, um, It took me a while before I ended up going back, but I did return. Um, What ended up happening was I started my first job and there is where I met my now husband. So this is where it'll kind of like bounce around a little bit my story because there's a lot of different pieces that started happening around this time. I was 18 years old when I met my husband who was 15 years older at the time. Uh, there was nothing sexual going on. It wasn't like he was hitting on me. None of that. Um, it was just, we all had gotten hired. You know, there was a bunch of us that had gotten hired and he happened to be in the same group that I was in and, or I'm sorry, the same department that I was in. And eventually it took like two months before we actually started talking to one another. But I remember having a very extreme immediate connection with him. And it scared me a little bit because I had never had that before. Mind you, I was this perfect little virgin. I had never had a boyfriend. I had never dated anyone because I did grow up in an extremely strict household. And my mother would probably have beat my ass had she had caught wind of me you know, dating anybody earlier than the age of 18. So I was always just really careful. Like I didn't talk to boys. I mean, the sad part is is I actually always really got along better with boys than I did with other girls in school. But, um, you know, I just didn't allow myself to have those friends because I didn't want to get in trouble. But, um, you know, I'd never, I, like I said, I've never been around anybody. I'd never dated, never even kissed a boy prior to, you know, that whole thing happening with me beating my husband. But um, my husband's connection with me really confused me. So I remember at this point in time, we are talking May 2013. I am getting ready to turn 19 years old. And there was a lot of things that were happening at this point. Um, just a lot of shifts that I'm not ready to talk about, but I remember going back and seeing this guy and he gave me another in-depth reading at this point in time offers to help me and decides to offer me, you know, spiritual development and blah, 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 and starts telling me how I have all these things wrong with me, but that he could help me. And in that time, I remember just feeling so alone that I was stupid enough to fall for every single thing that this man had started telling me. 
And um, he eventually introduces me to his so-called wife later on, who also was in there giving readings. And I remember they basically started using me as like their assistant in many ways because what they knew was I couldn't afford to like pay them thousands of dollars like they were asking me. So what they decided was, well, you do work for us around the shop, taking us back and forth to wherever we need to go. And we'll take that as your form of payment. And it'll be your energy exchange with us and we'll help you. And um, that went on for like a year. No, it went on for a couple of months. It went on for a couple of months. And I remember just like being like, okay, like none of the spiritual development that they promised me is happening. Um, At this point, I am just like literally doing stupid shit, like taking them grocery shopping, um, driving the wife up and down to different shops uh, and just things like that. And it just it wasn't feeling good. And it was starting to get really weird. And I finally remember just being like, you know what, I think it finally dawned on me in my dumb brain, like, okay, they're, they're fucking with me at this point, and they're using me. And I remember what it's funny, I remember this so vividly, one day they had decided that they wanted to move to another home. And I remember they moved um, to this house um, out in Chatsworth. And I remember I helped them move. And that whole time that I was helping them, I can just remember in my head that I was just like, I'm going to help them do this one last thing because I do feel old. I, I felt bad that they were older. And I remembered saying like, after this, I'm done. Like, I'm going to block them. I'm not going to contact them. And it, I remember the wife sitting down next to me and she must have felt all of that off me. Because mind you, they were actually very good readers they just were taking advantage of me. And I remember her saying something to me like, you think we're cheating you or you think we're trying to hurt you. And I just want you to know that that's not at all the case. And then she goes on to like start saying some like hurtful things to me about how none of the things that they were talking about have manifested for me yet because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I was focused on all the wrong things. And I was just like, you know what? I said to myself, I just need to make sure that I get out of this house and I never come back. And I just remembered playing stupid and agreeing with her on everything. And as soon as I walked out, got in my car, I remembered blocking their phone number and I never went back. The scary thing is um, I actually lived down the street uh, from their psychic shop. And I can remember one day I was getting ready to walk out of the house when all of a sudden he, the husband, is driving around the corner of the house that I lived in. Like we lived in a corner home and here he comes just driving right past and he's driving really slow like he was trying to look around to see if anybody was around and it scared me and I was like, oh my God, they're like stalking me and they're trying to find me. But that was like the last time I had seen him. Nothing ever ended up coming out of that Um, you know, it was, it was a crazy, crazy time. And I remembered like, you know, even though I was doing all kinds of bitch work for them, I did have where like, I was giving them money when I did have money. So I, I'm pretty sure with that particular couple, I know I had to have lost around five to $10,000, right. Of my hard earned money that I did not even have at the time. 
I was just so desperate for somebody to help me, uh, that, you know, I paid it and, um, that was a waste of time. Well, fast forward again, I start experiencing just all of this crazy anxiety, all of the panic starts coming back. And something that I didn't mention was, you know, around the age of 17, when this all first started happening, that the anxiety started kicking in. My spiritual awakening came with a very deep, scary level of depression. And it took me many years to finally say this out loud and admit this. But I mean, it was so bad that I could remember that I just, I would contemplate suicide from the moment that I got up in the morning till the moment that I went to bed at night. And it was a really scary time for me. And so fast forward to, you know, I'm, I'm 19 months have gone by now where I was dealing with this couple and I blocked them. Those familiar feelings started coming back again and it started scaring me. And I'm trying not to get emotional as I talk about this, but that was a really hard time for me. I was fighting for my life every single day because I just could not see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I so badly wanted to give in every single day and just say I didn't want to be here anymore and just end it all. But every time I wanted to do that or I thought about doing that, I kept hearing this voice telling me, no, you need to keep going because people need you and you don't see it now, but you need to keep going. So I did. And eventually, um, I find another psychic again, just desperate for help, scaring myself because I just didn't want to hurt myself, not having anyone to turn to. I find this next woman and I will say this, she hurt me in many ways, but in many ways she was finally the first person who was somewhat willing to help me. So, you know, I'm super grateful um, for that experience because even though a lot of bad came out of that, she was the first person who finally started teaching me things like, you know, um, Anyways, I found her, got a reading from her, and the very first thing she said to me without me saying anything was, you want to give up, don't you? But you know they keep telling you that you can't give up. And at that point, she had just anchored her energy right into me, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, she sees it, she knows, and it was, you know, the same usual shit, right? And um, this particular woman was actually located off of Mason and Sherman Way, which was like a little bit of a distance from where I was living at the time. But I remember just feeling so connected to her. Like I literally looked at this woman like an older sister. And I remember I was starting to visit her every single day. And she was just having so many problems in her personal life. And probably at the time, I I probably should have seen the red flags of like, just the things that she was going through. Like, you know, you can't help someone when your life is that upside down. And she was constantly going through it. And um, I remember coming over every single day and she started teaching me how to cleanse myself. She started teaching me how to read tarot. She started teaching me just so much about spirituality, but at the same time, I did always get this sense of um, 
her not wanting to show me absolutely everything. And I remember her even telling me like, I'm just showing this to you so you can, you know, um, play around with it, but you're not meant to do this like I am. And she always like had those little backhanded comments to me of, you're not meant to do this like I do this. Like this isn't for you. And now looking back, I'm like, okay, it was probably because she didn't want competition. She didn't want me coming in and being better than her, which, which I get, you know? Um, but she did teach me a little bit. And then from there, it just kind of like every so often the energy would become stagnant because she would like not want to go into all of these things. And then she had problems and she was moving back and forth. So I really depended on her a lot. And, uh, this particular woman, took about $20,000 of my life that I will never get back. But um, at the end of the day, obviously, there was a, a grander lesson that was meant to be learned there. And her and I ended up having a falling out because of the fact that, you know, I started picking up on every single time she would tell me, oh, this is happening to you because you need this, this, and this. And I would give her money. She would then disappear on me for like days and weeks at a time. And I remembered at this time, you know, this was already like a year and a half that I had been working with her. Actually, at this point, I had been working with her almost two years because this is already fast forwarding to I'm 21 years old and I'm pregnant with my son. And I remember I was, you know, telling her, like, I need you. You're my only friend. You're my only person. Like I was going through a really hard time during my pregnancy. And uh, I remembered she disappeared on me and I gave birth and the whole time that I was in labor, I was texting her. I was calling her. I was, you know, then my son comes. I'm sending her pictures. She doesn't answer me for a whole two weeks. Crazy. I just looked up right now and it's 11, 11. Um, And that was really hurtful. Like after that, when I had realized that after the birth of my son, she just ghosted me. That's when I woke up and realized, like, okay, this this chick was never your friend, you fucking moron. She took you for what she could, took advantage of you for being so helpful, for being so kind. And I was pissed. I was really pissed off. And I remember two weeks later, she comes back to me about my son. And at this point, I had just had the nastiest argument with my husband. And I let her have it. I went off on her, called her every name in the book no 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 she never actually answered me you know what ended up happening she pissed me off so badly about that whole situation I ended up like getting like this rage that built up within me I decided to leave her a nasty Yelp review is what happened which was not mature of me whatsoever I regret every single day of my life doing that because at the end of the day she did have her shit going on and that was probably like not okay on my end but I was so mad at the time Because, again, I just felt like she was my only person, my only friend, and she understood what I was going through, and I needed her, and she wasn't there for me. I remember sitting in my Vegas hotel room after having the nastiest argument with my husband, and I leave her the ugliest review ever. I call her every name in the book, and I said so many things. Well, what do you know? Two minutes after I post that review, all of a sudden, she knows how to contact me. 
and she's sending me messages saying like, you know, God is going to punish me and all these bad things are going to happen to me and karma's going to get me, whatever. I was pissed. I blocked her. Never again did I have any kind of communication with her and um, it actually sucked a little bit because that was somebody that I actually really loved. And, um, it was really unfortunate that it happened that way, but now, you know, she's still in business. Um, I've come across her on TikTok a couple of times and all I can do is wish her well, wish her love because at the time she was someone who was very important to me. She did help me in many ways, even though it was limited help. And I'm forever going to be grateful for her. So, you know, I, I, now when I come across her content, I just send her love. And um, I actually still have contact with her sister, who is a beautiful soul, by the way. And um, her sister and I have been following each other on Instagram for a couple of years now. And um, occasionally I'll ask her sister how she's doing and so forth, so forth. And I send my love. So, you know, for me, it's like I have closure with that. I'm not upset anymore. I understand why I had to go through what I had to go through. But it was on to the next. And after that, it was like I just I started spiraling out of control. And again, the depression hit me because I just felt like so alone in the world. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And again, I just I spent so many years in the cycle of just wanting to die. I wasted so much time with several different psychics, wasting so much money, letting everybody fuck me up the ass every every turn that I made. When it came to spiritualists just taking advantage of me for my money. I remember, you know, I, I probably lost in my lifetime about, about close to 50 grand in just paying psychics for help. That's how desperate, that's how alone I felt. But again, it was all for the greater of my own good. I learned my lessons. And um, after my son was born and after that whole situation with this particular woman, I started realizing that I needed to stop seeing other people. I needed to just tune into myself and listen to the guidance that I was receiving, which was really hard. But, you know, I it was really hard because I just was like in need of a friend. That's all I needed. And I just I could not get a hold of that. And I felt so alone and it was hard and it got harder after I had my son. I mean, I, I did have friends at the time, but just things changed with me getting married and things changed with having a baby and all of my friends were going out partying and that was never my lifestyle. And that's what I think really ended up separating me from a lot of uh, people that I had grown up with at the time was just that everybody wanted to be out getting, you know, fucked up in the clubs. And I was, I was never a drinker. I had never experienced any kind of, uh, experimenting with drugs or alcohol, none of that. I was always the one kid that was afraid of getting in trouble while the rest of my friends were stealing liquor from their parents in the kitchen and passing it around. And I was always the one like, no, 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 no. Like we shouldn't be doing this. And you know, that's, uh, you know, it just, whatever. It left me feeling really alone at the time. And I just finally said, you know what? You're, you're, you're going to be your only way out of this. So you need to start paying attention. And I did. I started paying attention, started really, you know, diving deep into exploring tarot and listening to my own intuition. And as the years had progressed, it had gotten much better. But I think what the biggest lesson there was, I wasn't being protective of my energy. I was just so fucking desperate that I was letting any which person into my life. 
Um, I was letting them just use and abuse me. And, you know, now I realize my only savior was going to be myself. And I was. And it took me a long time to get to that point. But I finally, it finally clicked. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like, that's really the initial stage of like my journey and how I even started dabbling with spirituality. It was just like this really sick spiritual experience of just feeling like I just felt so scared and so out of place. You know, I always tell everyone, everyone's spiritual awakenings are going to be different. No two people will experience it the same. Some people can experience it as unicorns and rainbows. And then you'll have other people experiencing the dark side of the awakening that it's, it gets so dark that you're, you're living your life every day on the dark side until your intuition, your connection with your angels and your spirit guides pull your ass out of the dark side right into the light. And um, it took me many years to finally get to the light side. But once I got there, um, there was no turning back. And that is where I finally stepped into feeling like my spiritual abilities were, you know, tapped in. I was listening to myself. I was hearing the guidance for myself and I started making better decisions for myself and my personal life. Um, and things, you know, slowly but surely had gotten better. Um, there are going to be specific stories in time that I'll tell, you know, over time as we, um, get into it more and more. But I just wanted to, you know, touch on those initial experiences. And um, yeah, that it's just it's crazy now looking back and I did go through a lot. But now I can only sit here and just be super grateful for every person along the way. Because at the end of the day, I did learn something from everyone. I did have connections with certain people. And those are connections that I'll forever be grateful for. Because even the ugly ones only helped me become smarter and grow stronger. So again, you know, just holding everyone with love and light. But that is part one of my initial spiritual awakening and um, my experiences with spirits. So um, stay tuned for the next episode. And I hope that you guys really enjoyed this story time.